And I'm Dave, and welcome to What Difference Does It Make? Oh, that was pretty good. Nice. I'm trying to harmonize now. What are we talking about today, Dave? Uh, well, we, in episode three, we went over the, the songs that K-Rock played. And then, actually, after our episode... In I, 1980. Yeah, in 1980, thank you. After our episode, I realized that we probably didn't touch on a lot of music from that actual year of 1980. Um, and so uh, I did some digging of, of like the top albums and I realized, wow, this is, we, we need to keep talking about We've some things. We've had to 10 more episodes to yeah, cover for right, 1980 that, alone. Yeah, there were a lot of influential albums that came out that time. Now that I think about it, it was a, it was a crazy year because it was all these different types of genres of music were kind of coming to the forefront. Yeah, it was, as we talked about last week, a transition from, from rock to modern rock, the popularity of modern rock. Yeah. Did you ever yeah. see um, Everybody Wants Some? Sounds like a David Lee Roth song. No, it, yes, it, it is. <laughs> or Van Halen. Yeah, but it was, um, it was a sequel to Dazed and Confused, and it's set in 1980, and he kind of touched on the different types of genres of music that were coming up at that time. During the movie, they go to a punk club, they go to a country club, there's disco, you know, all these genres of music were kind of forming their own alliances, but, uh, and you were trying to figure out which one you, you wanted to yeah. align with. and finding their own proper place on the radio dial. Oh, yes, a little bit of that, too, yeah. Which made me think of uh, Billy Joel's It's Only Rock and Roll to Me, which is from 1980. What's the matter with the clothes I'm wearing? Can't you tell that your tie's too wide? We should always be referencing Billy okay. Joel. I did buy that record in 1980. I do remember getting that one. The Stranger? No. no that was after. That was no. 70... That was 77. Eight. Okay. But, the, but 1980, he came out with Glass Houses. Yes. 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 Which yes. had that. It's still rock and roll to me on there. So I'm going to tell you what I found as I was... When we decided on this topic, what I found common to a lot of the lists was kind of a surprise to me because you really think of them as one so so common to some of the rock lists as well as the new new wave was joy division yeah sorry i went to number one yeah you got straight to number one <laughs> which you, i didn't mean to you, you ruined everything no. for like <laughs> love going to the hey, that's on go, your list. first going to the cherry on top and just <laughs> let's touch we have many other lists here. I didn't mean to go to I know, one. It just happened to be on your list. Okay. But it was on I'm, a whole bunch of others also, which I thought was really interesting because Joy Division, to me, it, not that it was obscure, but it was definitely a certain type of music that didn't seem to cross over to me. To the center of the city where Where a 
don't think it was anything you heard on the radio. Nope. But the Ian Curtis story is very compelling. Yeah. And just the offshoot, of, you know, with New Order coming off of that. And I think people kind of, uh, you know, fell intrigued by that whole story and and the music also. You know, I listened to Isolation the, mm-hmm. on that. And he's talking about putting up walls. And it's like, oh, you know, it's kind of it's kind of like Pink Floyd, The Wall. It's kind of that, that same story of like a guy who's feeling yeah. trapped or, you know, not walls are closing in yeah. on him. I think he references. Actually, I pulled up the lyrics. Oh, yeah, yeah actually, we're, there's a song, you know, he's saying, Mother, I tried. Please believe me. I'm doing the best that I can. I'm ashamed of the things I've been put through. I'm ashamed of the person I am. I'm like, well, you know what? That was Roger Waters yeah. kind of touched on that too. And, you know, it's even more heavy knowing that uh, he, he didn't come out of this, uh, this funk yeah. and this, or not even funk, but just depression. Worse than the, yeah, worse than we, the yeah, funk. Yeah. So, so you go mentioned ahead. The Wall. Yes. Which on the Billboard 200 of 1980, The Wall was on the top, right, for one month, two months, three months, like four months straight. It's insane. Yeah. Right. I I didn't remember. I mean, I know I had it. I was into it. But I didn't realize, especially in comparison to the top albums from the rest of that year. Which, interestingly enough, there were no real new wave, you know, modern rock albums on the Billboard's top list from 1980. There's one standout here. So I said there's no modern rock or new wave, but we started the year of 1980. The top Billboard album was actually Donna Summer. Brilliant. So, on the radio. I never told the soldiers how I Perfect, and perfect place for it. The, my hairdresser is the same age as us, roughly, and we were just we we both got these huge smiles, and you just it really bring like music does it brings you back to you know a uh-huh. place in time. But I would have in I would have pegged Donna Summer for just a year or two earlier than 1980, but I guess maybe it was just petering out in January of 1980. Oh yeah, she started to, in New York right now. You could see a Broadway show on her her career. Donna Summer. Yes. That would be really fun. Yes, I think it's getting mixed reviews. It did get a Tony nomination, but it's, yeah. it's, you can go to New York and you can see the Donna Summer story, which I'm sure is. If I do, very, I'm very going. Good. I mean, if I'm yeah. going, I will. Yeah. Okay. Are, Am I too all, too all over the map again for no, you today? No, no, that's good, actually. I, we don't need to be focused on anything in particular. I mean, I know you like to count them down. Okay. And I'm not doing that. All I'm right. not letting you do that. All right. So as we count down, I'm just looking at the, uh, I'll from the blog, from Slicing Up Eyeballs, I see uh, Cheap Tricks All Shook Up was number 100, which made me remember that I, last episode, I couldn't remember Everything Works If You Let It. Yes. What movie that was from, 
it was from this movie called Roadie, which I just remember that it was a movie about roadies, and it was, I don't even think I saw the movie. But because I was 14 and I saw it was music related, it stuck in my head. I probably, it was probably rated R and I wasn't allowed to see it, and I probably still haven't seen it to this day. But when I looked on the soundtrack, or you know, I looked it up, I saw that is where that, <laughs> that comes from. Very good. Now I'm going to I'm gonna have to look at the movie because that sounds pretty interesting. Sure. Like I'm sure it's stuff. a horrible movie, but, uh, but, worth, you know, but with a great soundtrack. Roadie, starring Meatloaf as Travis W. Redfish. <laughs> I'm some guy named Rodney. Redfish can fix it. Get me two beers and a hubcap. Redfish can fix anything. I need a Ford. Why, he's the best roadie in the whole world. The bands make it rock, but the roadies make it roll. Rodie, starring Meatloaf, Art Carney. Hi, everybody. Khaki Hunter. I'm a groupie on my way to New York City to become the greatest groupie that ever lived. <laughs> Rodie, you got the right idea. But I love outlaws. Blondie. Cooper. Alice Cooper. Uh, she's one of Charlie's Angels. Get him. Uh, what else on this? Okay, so as we um, move up the charts, <laughs> there's the Rolling Stones' Emotional Rescue down below, too, which I, I, I think that's a lost classic from them. I still love that yeah. album. You did not... Is it just... Uh, I love that the title track. It is, but it's but again, stones. it's it's a mixture of they're kind of moving, yes, pushing the envelope a little bit more. They had they're some evolving. girls was the album before that, mm-hmm. which was disco. They're exploring that, and then they're they're kind of pushing it a little further. I think that at that time, uh, Mick Jagger had discovered Prince and was starting to kind of um, or R and B genre that you know there was Prince open famously opened up for the Rolling yes. Stones. I think. Around that time, or maybe before, got booed, right? He did get booed because Can you imagine that. Well, you know, he's dancing around in his underwear and singing songs about <laughs> who, who knows, who well, knows what. D- dirty, yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. Dirty Mind had come. We out. do know what. Yeah, so it was. I mean, it was puzzling and confusing to a lot of people, especially Stone's question, questioning of uh, <laughs> like, why am I interested in this? Why, why am I feeling funny about this? As he's, he's bringing out. Sexual questions I didn't realize I had. See, everyone should be as open-minded as us about that because I would have... Can you imagine having seen Prince open for the Stones? It would have been great. I know. I've seen... Actually, uh, some of you can pull up on YouTube. I think in in 1980, he was on Saturday Night Live. And it's brilliant because what I love about the band is he used to... They didn't stop for... Or, you know, like, take a bow after the song was finished. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of times, like, the coolest thing was they they just all left the stage, like... All right, we kicked ass. We're leaving. You know, just strutting out like you know, top that. <laughs> um, if you see it on Saturday Night Live, uh, like pull it up on 1980 Prince, uh, you can do that now because I think they're still 
the, the whoever the estate is allowing things on um, on YouTube now, but you can you can pull it up that. and it's it's great. And now here's Prince. But, the, you know, at the end of it, they just all, like, run off, not run off, just strut off the stage like, you know, we're the baddest asses in, around, which they... Which they were. Yeah. They are. They were. Yes. I'll tell you, which I, right. I also didn't realize, which most of our listeners, I know I'm going to get struck down for this, forgotten that this was 1980. But this is also one of my all-time favorites. Should I take a picture of it? Because you're... I, I, do you want me to say it? I'm bowing to it. Oh, okay. So yes. this is David Bowie's Scary Monsters. And Super, Super Creep. Creeps. Yeah, another brilliant album. I mean, that's at the forefront again. Yeah. Just, um, One of the best albums of all time. In fact, I had this print, oh, is that right? this print up in my very first apartment. Yeah, I love, 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 love. The whole look of it. No, I remember, um, I think there were TV shows that showed videos. Not, you know, it wasn't, be- right. it was before MTV. I remember being intrigued by... You know, I'm watching these show, the, these videos and being intrigued by him. I yeah. really didn't know too much about him, but that that was my entry in, into Bowie. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was my like where I was like, oh, well, this is interesting because I, I, you know, K Rock did start to play that. Yeah. And so I, that's when I first became aware of him. Yeah. And then it was all over. I mean, he's David Bowie. Yeah. And then, I mean, he's David. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one I can go with. It was it was easier for me to go with Bowie because Bowie was so malleable is not the right word because he was the pioneer, really, you know, a pioneer. But his forays into different, you know, yeah. different types of music or different, you know, like when he did Modern Modern Love, that was later. That was that was like in the well, late it's the next movie. one. No, that was the next one. So this kind of set the table for his uh, for like his his mainstream explosion. Yeah. All right, so I brought all these albums here, so maybe I should. Oh, very exciting. All right, so instead of looking at a list, we can look at albums and you can comment. All right, so there's Dirty Mind. Yeah. And we'll Instagram these. Like, I'll take pictures of us <laughs> This is the best when you were mine. Right. I, I you know what? His... So here's the thing. I, I bought that later because I think it, the, you know, like the cover scared me. Or it's just like, I don't, I don't, I, why, I don't think I want to buy this. 
I'd heard about it. Do you um, have a, an issue with your masculinity or something? Oh, sure. At 14 years old? Yeah, definitely. Oh. Like, I don't know. Is this something for me? But two I would years, say yes without even any further look. I yeah. would say yes. This but two years later, I heard uh, Cindy Lauper sing When You Were Mine. Mm-hmm. I Probably that same year, I bought, I probably in 84, uh, yeah, I guess, 83, 84, I bought Dirty Mind. And I love that. I think I wore out the grooves on this one. Um, wore out the grooves. <laughs> <laughs> Something our kids will never know. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, I mean, it's it's super cool. But, I mean, look, at he's got the bandana. I know. And he's got, I don't know, what it, what's the button? I don't even remember what, what's that button he's got. Rude. Oh, it looks like, the, it looks like a, a Scott thing. It's a checkerboard. Rude boy. Yeah, rude. Well, yeah. there you go. Hey, you found the What Difference Does It Make podcast. We're going to take a break right now and we'll be right back. Fire it up again. You've got the What Difference Does Make podcast. What else you got? All right. So then, here, this one's for you. <laughs> My favorite. Squeeze. I heard there was some con- not controversy. So how do you pronounce this? I always said argy bargy. See, argy bargy, I think. Yeah, probably. That's an yeah. English way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm an Anglo and a yeah. like, wannabe. It's like I always said Bananarama, but... Probably banana rama. I remember well, how, that's, that's how Richard Blade said. <laughs> but this, you know, Squeeze knew what they were intending for What's this your, album to be called. What is Argy Bargy? Good question. Okay, great. Okay, Where, where's our assistant? I love this album. Do you have a favorite? Awesome. What's your. This, I mean, a favorite song on this album? Yeah. Uh, Pulling Muscles, Another Nail in My Heart, If I Didn't Love You. If I didn't love you, I'd be. Pop songs. Music being personal. Pop songs. Yeah, they're, those are perfect, perfect pop songs. Yeah. What else you got? So this what? is my punk album, <laughs> which is uh, X Los Angeles.
Catalyst and all of them, you yeah. know, and, and their careers after X, John Doe and... Yeah, and you know who produced that Yes, album. I do. Well, yes, I do. do Raymond Zarek? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. This was... Yeah, that was another one where I was just intrigued by just their, their whole look, because I remember just staring at the cover like, well, are they punks? But they, they just kind of, they look fairly... Yeah. Edgy. Yeah. It's like, I, I couldn't figure out XC and she just seemed to come from a different world. She was the coolest. I wanted to emulate her and I was not artsy in any way, but you just, I just thought she was the coolest. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. So then of course, then come the double <laughs> albums and this is, uh, that's the wall. Yeah. This is great. I forgot what this, I mean, I knew it was a brick, you know, yeah. wall, but I forgot about the inside. This is right. a really cool... Right, it's a gatefold, and when you open it up, you have the the characters. Yeah. This is fully formed. I mean, this is this came straight, you know, once when the movie came out, that's how the animation looked. Yeah, the concept. I mean, would you call this a concept album? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah I think even, yeah. It is yeah. definitely a concept album. That's yeah. what it was meant to be. Yeah. It's a concept concert. That was the whole, you know, they only played Los Angeles and New York for this tour, yeah, because I think it was too expensive to take it across, around the world. So I, I don't know if they performed it outside of the U.S. Maybe they must have play, performed it in England. Yeah, I'd be um, surprised if they didn't. But yeah, it was only Los Angeles and New York. Did you and see it? No, I was too young. I, well, I, I, too young, yeah. too poor. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know anyone who would... Yeah, I had no way to get to the show. <laughs> Which was, yeah, which unfortunate. I'm sorry I missed that. I think, you know, years later, you know, I, I didn't go to that. He performed it again at the uh, at the Rose Bowl, I think, yes. you know, a few years ago. I didn't go to that one either. <laughs> and there's this one, which oh. is yeah, Bruce, Spring, Bruce Springsteen's The River. You can talk a little I did, about I this. did go to the, to the reunion. I didn't go to his original concert for that because I was too young. But when he did do the 30-year anniversary mm-hmm. of that... 35. I did go to that where he played it in full. Do you like play, do you like hearing albums in full played in, in concert? I did with um, Joshua Tree. Oh, did and I do. It depends. I mean, I, if it was an album I loved and an artist yeah. I love, absolutely. But you know, I don't know if I like because I love this album, but in concert, I don't know if it necessarily worked. Just the pacing of the uh, oh. for, for in a concert setting. I don't know if it worked. Like there was things like, oh, all right, I wish. They kind of mixed it up a little bit. Interesting observation. Yeah. I mean, most, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, I think, why most bands don't play it all the, their albums all the way through. Yeah. It just doesn't work in concert. I see the Pretenders playing Pretenders all the way through. I'm just, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, right. So here, yeah, there it is. Yes, yes. So that's another one where I looked at the, like, the cover. I mean, that's what I miss about albums is, like, the, the just looking at that photo and trying to kind of suck it all in. Yeah. You know, like, all right. Well, you know, Chrissy's the cool one. She's got and she's got the, like this cat eye makeup, and there's the 
got a lot of the biker jacket and the drummer is, yeah. you know, all, he's got the tie looking kind of cool. And, Look, she has her lace fingerless gloves. Yeah, like well, that was Madonna, a... Madonna, pre-Madonna. Pre-Madonna. Okay, Pre-Madonna. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so wait, pick, I'm curious, pick a favorite uh, song on this. It, I think Precious was the one, I mean, that's what kicks it off. buy vinyl at all we started buying vinyl we Have you? well guy gets sales <laughs> he's a, he has a he has a turntable in his room he got some records for his birthday recently mm. he got tears for fears and queen very nice shout out to wendy who just recently liked our podcast okay. that was a gift from wendy that awesome queen promo the, okay album. yes and that's right that was one we didn't talk about the the game came the game. out that came out in 1980 Walks barely down the street with the big blue weight all over. Ain't no sound but the sound of speed. Machine guns ready to go. Are you ready? Hey, are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? Out of the doorway, the bullets rip. To the sound of the beat, yeah. Another one bites the dust. Another one bites the dust. And another one gone, and another one gone. Another one bites the dust, yeah. So Queen was one of my very first concerts. Okay. I saw them before 1980. So the game was not one of my favorite. I liked it, but mm-hmm. to me, you know, quintessential Queen was more... Uh, Again, they were... They, evolving. They, they were evolving also. Yeah. I respect. I don't know if I saw it that way at the time, but in hindsight I do. And yeah, I they had a it. few had a few rockin' songs, but, but yeah, like, you know, like Crazy Little Thing Called Love and... Yeah. Another one bites the dust. Those were just kind of. Yeah. Again, they were uh, they were kind of hits, but not they were kind of tongue in cheek. I think and you the, think just so? the way the way he's saying it. Yeah, definitely. Like you know, just kind of playing around with the genre. Okay. Well, that's uh, one. Yeah. Well, he was po- also obviously very. Um, he was transitioning too into yes. like. <laughs> Uh, that is going to be a great movie, Bohemian Rhapsody. Have you seen the trailer for it? I have. That's, yes. That should be good. Can't wait to see that movie. All right. The other number one songs that we can, or albums we can touch on are uh, Guilty by Barbara Streisand, hmm. which okay. I appreciate now because who produced that? He was actually, this person was also on the cover too with Barbara Streisand. Do you know who it is? I can't picture it. He's got a beard. What? Barry Gibb. Barry Gibb. Correct. So he's on the cover with Barbara Streisand on Guilty. Which again, if you listen to Guilty, the song Guilty, I don't know, I don't know the whole album, but Guilty, listen to that, and it's really a good, well-produced, well-constructed song. Falling, baby. We stand alone. 
I did. I, I okay. really like I that. I appreciate it and respect it, but I'm not. A, it's not. You know, it's not on my playlist. No, it, no, I should it be? <laughs> Nor should it be. But give it a listen if you want to. You Fine. like. You like. You like pop songs. You like. Yes, Barry Gibb created the greatest pop songs of all time. I think. Yes. Some brilliant. We can song. do a whole episode on the Bee Gees. Which as well. we could. Uh, what, oh, then more greatest. Of course, once you hit December, the greatest hits albums start up, and there's Kenny Rogers. The Gambler. The Gambler, indeed. And That's one of my, that is absolutely one of my actually, favorite songs of all time. And then sadly, it ends with Double Fantasy and uh, John it Lennon. It, it does end. Yeah. It's been too long since we took the time. No one's to blame. I know time flies so quickly. Do you remember where you were? Or what? Uh... I don't remember where I was. Do you? I was in my room, and my dad came in and told me. And uh, yeah, because he was watching Monday Night Football. Most people—that's how they found out. Yeah. Howard Cosell announced it. Yeah, I remember that, but I don't. I mean, because we've seen that clip. Yeah, I've also seen on on YouTube. It's fun to where uh, John Lennon was at a, a Monday Night Football game, and he was being interviewed. Now I've got a most familiar figure and face for all of you across the country here with me now. Of the original Beatles, Mr. John Lennon. Hello, John, nice to see you, John. Nice Want to move you. that up just a little yeah. closer? How are you? What's been your view of this American professional football scene? It's an amazing event and sight. It makes rock concerts look like tea parties. But I must say, the first thing I heard when I got in was I'm playing a Beatles tune yesterday, which cheered me up no end. <laughs> I've been trying to follow the game, but I've... I couldn't understand why half the team was off and half the team was on. Well, we can't explain that to you now. It's, it's fun, but anyway. So, yeah. You, Wrapping up 1980, moving on to another... Are we going to? Or are we going to... Uh, are we done with 1980? The... <laughs> we need to Probably talk about not. movies. We can talk about... Oh, movies. I know, we can... We could talk about 1980 forever, but there's so much more. I know. Well, yeah, we, our podcast will last... <laughs> Forever. Till we're in our 80s. Until we, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Not that far away. Damn it. Yeah. Quicker for me than it is for you. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm Holly. And I'm Dave. Thanks for listening to... What the... Princess <laughs> and Dave. That's what I get. Hey, I'm Dave. I'm Holly. And thank you for listening to What, what Difference, Difference Does It Make. make? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 